This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. All right, welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Joseph Howe. He's the business development manager for Cognitive TPG. Joseph, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. So today we're talking about the world of prescription printing. And uh, Joseph, I want to start off just by getting a little bit more background on Cognitive TPG. What exactly do you do and what markets are you looking to serve? Sure. Uh, Cognitive TPG um, is one of the industry leaders in, in solution solving for thermal printing. So there's a lot of thermal printer companies out there, Epson, Star, Zebra, uh, along with us. So those other ones I mentioned, they capture the mass volume, no customization. But what Cognitive TPG does is we customize our solutions specific to your needs. If you need a special font, you need a special language in your printer, you need your printer to be a special color, a special shape, print at a certain speed for certain things, lower speeds for other. You know, We customize to the nth degree for our customers. And Cognitive as a whole you know, has been around for a very long time, a former division of NCR, then Axiom, a French company, and then AT&T, then purchased by private equity, uh, Cognitive's gone through a few different iterations of buying up other companies, combining their technologies with ours. So we've got mobile printers, kiosk printers, ATM printers, banking printers, retail printers, label printers, um, used in every industry from banking, healthcare, lottery. So we, uh, we have a pretty broad portfolio. Yeah, so it sounds like you have uh, the gamut covered uh, j- there just in the world of, of printing solutions. And so today we're talking specifically about the world of prescription printing. And um, I-, I found this particularly fascinating. How many total prescriptions are issued each year? It's, uh, it's growing astronomically. It's crazy <laughs> how fast it grows. Uh, yeah. uh, so prescription printing back in 2018, uh, there was 3.7 billion prescriptions issued. And they're forecasting 4.9 billion prescriptions to be issued in 2019. Goodness gracious! Yeah, when that, you start uh, typing that out and you add the zeros, you know it's, you're not used to typing you know, six to nine zeros. You know after the numbers you're typing, and you're looking <laughs> at uh, market potential. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Um, how many of those prescriptions are um, in the end going to be for opioids or narcotics? So for narcotics, or you know, you'll hear me say moving forward, or at some point in the conversation, uh, they're also described as controlled substances. So in the world of e- in the world of prescribing, there's non-CS and CS controlled substances. So opioids are included in those controlled substances, which are narcotics and any Schedule II drugs. Hmm. So the average across you know, the the entire market is 13 percent. So if we go off of the you know, the the 4.9 billion this year times 13%, you know, you're looking at over 600 million are going to be for controlled substances, narcotics or schedule 2 drugs and a large portion of those being opiates. 
Yeah, like you mentioned, when uh, you mentioned just such an astronomical number for uh, the number of opioids that will be prescribed this year, uh, the, the zeros that kind of string off of the end of that is uh, can be really intimidating and be a, a big number, which kind of heightens the importance uh, for this sort of thing. So when you look at uh, the issues that exist right now in the world of prescription printing, what issues do you see and how can those really be solved? Yeah, well, the issues in prescription printing uh, are, are many. You know, I can address them. But first, you know, we'll tackle e-prescribing. So e-prescribing is taking over. You know, everybody is e-prescribing in some way, shape, form, fashion, or another. Um, but the prescribing of narcotics, opiates, or Schedule II drugs, you know, we just talked about, you know, that big number, that astronomical number, that is not growing or that is not adopting as fast as non-controlled substances for e-prescribing. So as a, an adoption rate or as a usage rate in regards to e-prescribing, so non-narcotics, non-opiates, non-scheduled two drugs, the adoption rate is about 80 to 90 percent of prescriptions are being e-prescribed that way. Mm-hmm. Narcotics it has an adoption rate of around 10 percent, but a usage rate of 5.5 percent. So of all the narcotics, all the Schedule II, all the opiates that are being prescribed across the country, that's only happening at a you know, 5% rate as opposed to an 80 to 90% rate for non-controlled substance drugs. And that's problematic you know, because it's, it's not good from a security standpoint, and the doctors aren't adopting it as fast as they did as the other because there's crazy security requirements that are tied to prescribing controlled substances, narcotics, or opiates. You know, they have to add infrastructure in regards to IT. Every doctor has to be trained, licensed, undergo a monthly fee for being able to do this. The per prescription charge to send it to the pharmacy is far more expensive as well, and it adds an extra step in the process. So if you're a doctor prescribing a narcotic to a patient, when you prescribe it electronically, you get the dual authentication, which we've all seen in some way, shape, form, or fashion if you do anything online. Basically saying, are you sure you want to prescribe this? If you're sure, I'm going to send a text message to this number, or I need your thumbprint. They need some other kind of dual authentication. Mm-hmm. So me as a patient, do I want my doctor uh, or my, my primary care physician to be worried about you know, all, all these secondary processes and procedures uh, as opposed to you know, my individual health care? No. I want right. him focused on me and my needs. So e-prescribing narcotics you know, has a low adoption rate. So that's the, that's the, you know, the pink elephant in the room um, because the market has shifted toward that. But for narcotics, a majority of the market is still printing them. And a lot of states still require that you actually have an ink signature on the prescription. So hmm. now if we talk about the problems in the printing world with prescriptions, there's three different categories of printing that take place. So one we always describe as pre-printed pads. You know, the pads that we've seen in movies or you still see in your, your local doctor's office in small towns where it's a stack of pads with that doctor's name, address. He writes down what he thinks you need, how much, signs it, and gives it to a pharmacist or gives it to you, you give it to a pharmacist. Right. Problem with those, one, nobody can ever read the doctor's handwriting. It's ineligible. <laughs> um, the prescription is going to be filled incorrectly. There are thousands of deaths, you know, uh, 
associated with that type of issue of prescribing. You know, somebody getting something or a dosage that they shouldn't get when combined with something else. And, you know, there's been thousands and thousands of fatalities. Um, and then the nature of the pad itself, you know, the pad being like a blank checkbook sitting out, you know, if somebody is to steal that pad, they can do fraudulent things with it. They can write prescriptions for themselves. They can sell it to their buddies. Um, we actually had a, a hospital tell us they, they had heard of um, a pad that was stolen from one of their doctors where the, once the person was caught that was selling these, um, that stole it, they were selling the single page of prescriptions. So a four and a half inch by six inch piece of paper they stole from a doctor's office that had 50 in a stack. They were selling each individual sheet for $100 to somebody in the street. Wow. That way that person's either going to fill it out for whatever drug that they want and send it off to the pharmacist. Um, so having those pads is super high risk for theft. It's uh, super high risk in regards to prescribing somebody something incorrectly and, you know, is, is really outdated. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm surprised how much I still see these in healthcare environments, in hospitals that I go into, in small practices, but they're still out there. Um, that's the first uh, first scenario of, you know, how printing is bad. You know, when, when you encounter situations like that, you're, you said you're surprised at how often you still see, you know, those pads and that sort of thing. Um, is it that people just don't know that other solutions exist, or is it um, hard-headedness towards, you know, an old-school way of doing things? Um, what, what's, what's the typical attitude that you encounter? I've seen a bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it sort of goes back to my, my earlier point of, you know, you want your doctor focusing on you. you know, you've got physicians that have pushed back a lot on the whole electronic medical record system, um, data entry. You know, they want to interact with their patient face-to-face. -face. They want to have a conversation with you. They don't want to ask you, you know, how are you feeling? Well, I feel good today. Okay. And then they look down at their chart on their computer and they check he feels good. Right. Okay. And then they go to the next question. They want it to be more fluid, more interactive. Um, and part of the electronic health record systems and printing prescriptions as opposed to using pads, you know, does come along with that. So you'll find that, you know, doctors are, they don't, not adopting new technology unless it is better for the patient and provides a better outcome. So in this case, the, it's just as easy for them to be talking with you and to write out a prescription, give it to you, and have you be on your way, hmm. as opposed to documenting it into their electronic health record system, hitting print, or then the, the other scenario where it's a controlled substance logging into their EHR, documenting in their EHR, hit prescribe to you. Is it going to print? No. They're going to say, are you sure you want to prescribe this narcotic or this opiate to Mr. Smith? Yes, I am. Okay, well, we're going to send a text message to your phone. You type in the text message number here to authenticate that it is you who's prescribing this and that you are okay with it. Mm -hmm. Then they have to enter that in again, then say, yes, I am sure, and click print again. And then it's either printed, then given to the patient, or it's then it's sent off. Uh, for e-prescription. Right, right. As opposed to me having a conversation with you, okay, you need this, I write it down, mm -hmm. here's how many you're going to take, you're consulting with that person as you're doing it. Yes, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted you. You were you were going on to explain more about the, the, the issue of security. Yeah, yeah, so the, as I was talking, the prescription pads, 
those are those are still prevalent. They're still out there, but they're they're on their way out as well. Uh, like I said, I still see them, but there's a very very high adoption rate in regards to electronic health record systems. Mm-hmm. So everybody's using um, an EHR of some sort: Cerner, Epic, McKesson, Meditech. There's a, there's a long list of them out there, but they're they're being used widely. So this eliminates you eliminates the need for uh, a pharmacist to see somebody's hand or you know figure out whether or not the the script is legible. You know how many was he supposed to have? Is that thirty or is that eighty? Mm-hmm. Because it's being printed and it comes out of an electronic health record system and then it's signed by a doctor. So this has a benefit there where you know you don't have to worry about how legible it is but the risk with the paper is still there so back in 2007 the centers for medicaid and medicare services issued a list of security requirements that needed to be on the document mm-hmm. now whether it's a pad whether it's an eight and a half by eleven sheet that goes into a printer or whether it's a roll of paper that goes into a thermal printer this is what we call the um, uh, the pre-printed ehr version of the paper so that paper has value just like the pad, but it's inside of a printer now. So what they've done to mitigate risk there is now, okay, we have a laser printer and we have to buy a lock to stick on the drawer for that laser printer for the special prescription paper. And that special prescription paper that we have in inventory needs to go into a locked cabinet. And the Joint Commission, who basically goes around to all the hospitals to audit them for safety, quality, and so forth, they have standards and procedures for how you're supposed to handle this paper, and you're supposed to have written instructions in your hospital saying who's handling it, how is it handled, how is it ordered, how is it shipped, how is it received, how do you inventory it for this paper so mm-hmm. it doesn't get out in the streets and get into the wrong hands. But if you, on a daily basis, you know, we Google, you know, Prescription pads stolen, prescription paper stolen. We post articles every day on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and it's in the news every single day. A nurse, a physician's assistant, um, somebody that cleans at the hospital at night. You know, they see this paper laying around or you know, they find ways to unlock the printer or they press the feed button on the printer with that blank tray that has the prescription paper in there. Mm-hmm. And they're getting blank paper, blank paper out that is just like that pad, but in a larger format that can be used to generate a fraudulent prescription. I mean, there's a lot of risk still associated when you're printing it from your EHR. And you know, it's, there's a lot of processes and procedures in the workplace, uh, in the healthcare environment, that go around securing that paper to maintain its chain of custody. Yeah, and uh, it seems like that just adds more steps, you know, to a process or, you know, more things for people to worry about that isn't, you know, isn't the patient's health that, you know, is, is your job and what your mindset is what, that you're there to do, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy some of the processes that are around this. You know, if, if you have a pad or paper that's stolen from your hospital and you know about it and you don't say anything, you could be held liable for anything that happens or goes wrong with that. But even if something is stolen or something does go wrong, uh, depending on the state, you're required to, one, report it to your the local pharmacy board, two, let the local authorities know, three, let the local DEA know. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, that is a, these are, these are places that are focused on providing health care. Yeah. And, you know, you have everything, all these other things in place. Yeah. Um, so... 
the you know the DocuShield solution mitigates uh, all that risk. Right, right, and uh, you know I, I'm I'm wondering a little bit about uh, just with. Uh, opioids being as big of an issue and as big of a, a crisis as, as it is right now, I would imagine that things are constantly changing involving rules and regulations and laws. Um, I, is the process um, that most people are using nimble enough to be able to um, keep up with those changes? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. We just had a customer in Florida. Uh, Florida's in the, you know, the top five of prescribing states in the, in the country, you know, we are the only approved vendor uh, that can do what we do in their state. Now, we have one other competitor in the market space, but they are, they're not a competitor from our standpoint because of how they do it and the cost of their solution versus ours. But the scenario of um, you know, the opioid crisis changing things is in the state of Florida, they were required you know, with very short notice, I think it was something like 30 to 60 days notice that all prescriptions for this class of drug need to have these two extra boxes and these two extra warnings on the prescription. So, you know, as a hospital or healthcare provider, you, know, you either need to, if you have pre-printed forms, you need to either scrap everything you have, go buy new ones, and have these boxes and forms pre-printed on them, that's one way. Or you have to work with your EHR, you know, your Cerner, your Epic, your McKesson, and have them log into your system, change your forms, change your templates, do all the testing that's going to go along with changing a hard-coded record that's in your system um, in you know, that short of a time frame. So in the instance in Florida, when we heard about this, um, through the healthcare provider we're installed with, you know, we were easily able to change the format in our printer and how the prescriptions were printed and add that feature for them and basically push them an update that went to their printers and you know within 24, 48 hours they were compliant. Yeah, that's um, that's incredible, and that's that's just such an easier turnaround um, from what you were describing earlier. So, um, w explain more about how um, uh, how DocuShield is able to uh, mitigate these risk factors that exist um, I in other ways, either just with um, the the printed pads, like you were talking about earlier, or with the uh, the handwritten ones. So, as I was stating before, uh, when I say pre-printed, security features are already there, so it's mm -hmm. like a checkbook. So our solution is basically like if you had a blank pad of paper and you stuck that blank pad of paper through our printer, outprints all the necessary security features for a prescription to be valid. Or say, if I use the check example, which is an everyday example for people, is it would have all the necessary security features on a check that a bank would use to validate whether or not that check is accurate. So the DocuShield solution starts with blank thermal paper. So there's nothing on it whatsoever. So if somebody was to steal a roll of paper out of our printer and try to use that fraudulently, it would go nowhere. A pharmacist would know instantly, looking at that piece of paper, you know, this is just a blank piece of paper, we're not going to accept this. So it would go absolutely nowhere. Um, and the, uh, the other unique feature, you know, as it ties to the, you know, those boxes we talked about adding for narcotics is all the security features are embedded in the printer as graphics. And when the printer prints, it prints those graphics along with the patient data 
sent from the electronic health record system. So when we needed to add those boxes, these features for the opioids in Florida, all we needed to do was send the customer an updated graphic that could be flashed to their printer, and then every prescription they printed after that printer was flashed would then have those extra boxes. You know, they weren't going to need to spend ten, twenty thousand dollars to work with their, you know, their EHR provider, or have to scrap any inventory of paper that they had that didn't have those boxes on it, and then get new stuff printed. Deal with the lead times for having paper printed, having to deal with the cost of the electronic health record provider making those updates as well. You know, our solution is extremely dynamic, where you know we have the ability to make changes rapidly as the market changes as well. So you yeah. can steal our paper, you can't do anything with it. Um, so it's like I said, no risk to the hospital whatsoever. You can leave the printer unlocked, the paper sitting around, the paper doesn't have to be inventoried. No worries about having to report anything to the DEA, no worries about having special processes documented for the Joint Commission. So it, it eliminates a lot of overhead in regards around managing and inventorying that paper. Yeah, that brings up uh, two other things that, that I want to discuss. You know, as we discussed that, that you know, you've made things more secure, uh, kind of springboarding off of that, you, you just mentioned that all of a sudden you're not having to, um, you know, double check to make sure that the printer is locked or that the area where you keep the paper is locked. And, um, you know, you're eliminating steps along the way. That's a big advantage, honestly, when you're when you're talking about a hospital and you're talking about people's lives at stake, just improving uh, the amount of time that people are having to spend on this. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about, you know, you want people spending time with patients and their care. You don't want them worrying about where paper is, how it's locked up, who has the key to the printer, who has the key to the paper. If the printer is out of paper, um, Susie, who has the key, is on break. Well, I've got to track her down. In the meantime, you've got a patient waiting for the prescription to be printed, but the printer's out of paper, so somebody needs to unlock it, reload it, and so forth. Um, so, interesting around, you know, spending time with patients, um, you know, we have a, a workflow formula that we present to a lot of our a lot of our new customers based on existing installs. So the models that exist out there today when people are printing prescriptions from a laser printer using pre-printed paper with security features already on it, like I said, that paper is special. It has to be locked up. So to mitigate risk in the healthcare environment, what they do is they print from one centralized area. So if you imagine um, the floor of a hospital that has, say, five different units on it, each of those units has different specialized doctors, and they're all prescribing for those patients in those units, right? So they generally have one centralized area that's used either as reception or a centralized record or printing area. And what they'll do is they're seeing patients in those different areas, they'll prescribe them something. Thing, and then the doctor will then go to that centralized area, print a, pick up that prescription, and then take it back to the patient and give them that along with their after-visit summary, and they're on their way. So that's because the printer has to be locked in the specialist paper, and they don't want it spread around the facility. Right. With the DocuShield solution, you know, we have a printer. If it's a thermal printer, so it's small, it's compact, it's robust, it's easy to use, there's almost no maintenance required to go with it as compared to a laser or inkjet printer. The only consumable is the paper. When I say consumable, there's no toner needed, there's no fuser, there's no other inks. Um, with thermal print technology, the only consumable is the paper. The paper passes by the printhead and the image prints. 
So simple, easy to use, low cost, and has a very, very, very small footprint. So you don't have to have it centralized like you do with a laser or inkjet printer with special paper. With our solution, you can put these small printers that are smaller than a shoebox anywhere you want. Basically anywhere prescribing is happening. So we had um, a study done at one of our earlier installs to use this formula where you know, they had one centralized printer and they had one, two, three, four, five, six other departments that were all coming to the single printer. So what we did is we deployed six printers throughout the units where the doctors were prescribing. And what it ended up boiling out to was they were saving 30 seconds per patient by having the prescription printer in the room to be able to hand the prescription to them right then and there when mm -hmm. they left, as opposed to going to retrieve it. And how that works out is 30 seconds per patient allowed them to see five more patients per week. Wow. So you break that out into a year, that's 260 patients per year. More they could see or more time they could spend with their patients. And here's the, the dollar number that, you know, it was really intriguing is that hospital had uh, rounded down, you know, the average billable for an outpatient was $3,000. So an outpatient, somebody's gonna be leaving with a prescription. So the average billable per outpatient was $3,000. And our solution allowed them to see 260 more patients per year, you know, times 3,000, you know, it takes you like three quarters of a million dollars, $780,000 more billables because of a, a simple printing solution that eliminated risk and now improves workflow and improves the amount of time you can spend with your patients and the amount of patients you can see. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you're bringing in more money and then I'm guessing also spending less money on supplies like toner and, and things like that. Right. So, you know, in, in the end, you're, you're saving money uh, in addition to bringing in more. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. You know, we we break things down you know, at a very minute level for these uh, healthcare environments because there's a lot of costs associated with this with prescription printing. You know, some of the soft costs I talked about, the management of the paper who's getting it, the locking of the printer, the unlocking of the printer. But when you get right down to the, the hard numbers, you know, some of these solutions out there, the, the pre-printed papers, the lasers, the inkjets, you know, they're anywhere from $2 to $1.50 per page for a prescription is what they ended up paying. So, you know, our solution came in at a fraction, absolute fraction of that cost. And on top of that, does the two other things. So we're not only a fraction of the cost of what they're paying today, we also give them the ability to generate more revenue by seeing more patients, and it eliminates their liability risks. Hmm. They have no risk associated with prescription printing. So th this is really fascinating to me then. So um, yeah, like you mentioned, you're, you're mitigating risk, you're saving people money, and you're improving their efficiency and their workflow. Um, so when when it comes down to it, um, and and uh, and you gave the example earlier of the um, the healthcare provider bringing in more money as a result of impre improved efficiency, this is obviously a solution that would very quickly pay for itself. So um, is, is this a matter of education where you just need to tell as many people as possible that hey, this is this is something that you can do. This is something that easily integrates into what you're already doing. Is is it really just education that this comes down to? 
Yeah, it, it's education, and you know, one of the strong, one of the things we say that we help do is improve workflow because you're spending less time doing other things. You know, penetrating the healthcare market or uh, getting time to to talk through this solution with somebody in the healthcare market uh, is a premium as well because we're taking away from valuable time they're spend they're spending on patients or patient support. So getting the word out there, spending the time, educating them through the process. Um, we have yet to have a single person that we have talked to. You know, Once we can get somebody either on the phone, in person, and we can talk through for 10 minutes, you know, they explain, okay, how are you doing it today? They give us a scenario where, well, we're using this. You know, we have ROIs, we have value arguments, we have case studies, examples for every single solution out there that, you know, that we can potentially compete against or inferior solutions that are out there. So once we get 10 minutes of somebody's time, it's, uh, we have yet to have a single person say, well, that doesn't really make sense for us. Hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, how soon can you get in here? How soon can we see you? Uh, we want to get a trial set up. We want to get a trial running and then we want to roll this out in. To, to all of our locations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's, it's one of those things where the, the primary goal of, uh, for those people is to, um, is to help people, is to uh, help people with uh, their health and things along those lines. And so it's um, these kind of solutions that make that more possible um, fits into their overall uh, value and their overall, uh, the, the reason why they exist in the first place. You know, Joseph, it's been it's been awesome talking to you and learning more about this and uh, exploring those those problems that exist in the industry and how DocuShield is solving them. Uh, so I appreciate you joining the podcast today. No, I appreciate the time. It was good talking to you, Tyler.